0: God cares about the life of the unborn, but what about instances where there's rape? Or what about times where a mother's life's in danger? Or doesn't a woman have a right to choose what's done with her own body? Those are extremely difficult topics, but that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's get into it. Welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi. I'm the pastor to single adults and men at First Baptist O'Fallon, and uh, we have a lot of people joining the show today. Uh, first, we got Bryson McGuire uh, joining us from quarantine still. Now, Bryson, yes. time is ticking on your free vacation, and you are about to have to be <laughs> back to work, right?
1: Yeah, so uh, I wouldn't call it a free vacation by any means, uh, you know, to be honest with you, for me... Uh, I'm an extrovert, so working at home is no bueno. But uh, yeah, so by the time this podcast is released, I will be out of quarantine. Uh, super excited for that, ready to be back in studio with you guys.
0: So Bryson, you made that mistake one other time where you said what will happen, and I said, hey, God willing, and then the very next week, your wife got COVID.
1: Let me me, me start over. Lord willing, I will be back in the studio with you guys next week.
0: Yeah, let's put that out there right. Hopefully, we see you next week. Be praying for your brother. I'll be praying for you, Bryson. We want to have you back. All right, and then we also have Josh Rink. Josh, good to have you back, man. man. Good to be back. So, what's all
2: going on in kids' life? Oh man, things are good. You know, we're growing, get back into the the steady rhythm. Um, it's going. We're seeing we're seeing kids just man just really come to Christ and stuff. As matter of fact, I think there's some stuff going on in your house, right? Two
0: Dalrymple kids are. Uh, <laughs> they recently gave their life to Christ and are being baptized Ooh, in a couple that's weeks. That's awesome, so. man pumped that about insane. that. I so love it. Appreciate all y'all doing the kids ministry and uh, kids life ministry. And it's awesome for me to be able to reap some of those benefits. Right. So and then we have special guest today, Ellen Atterbury and Ellen and you work at uh, Mosaic. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, a little bit about what you do?
3: Okay, so that's a a big question, um, (laughs) Obie. We do a lot of of things. But um, so the services that we do at Mosaic, they're all free, they're all confidential um, to reach people in the community um, to help them. So we do services such as pregnancy testing, ultrasounds um, so women can connect to their babies Um, we also provide uh, std testing and treatment and um, also like childbirth and parenting classes and material assistance for um, new moms Um, some other things that people probably don't realize is we do provide um, information on abortion and information on specifically each procedure and um, all the possible risks involved with that. And anybody who has ever undergone an an abortion, we do also provide services such as um, hope and healing. Um, So we do believe that God can um, heal them and restore them and um, and, and all of that. So there's no... um, condemnation for anybody who's ever had one, um, that God can redeem them. So, um, so yeah.
0: And so what's kind of the role you take in all that?
3: I am a director. So I'm the director of our Granite City location. And so I actually do meet with um, girls and um new moms and and girls that are going through unplanned pregnancy. So where they're in situations that um, is very new to them, very um, Mm -hmm. terrifying, um, where a lot of them don't have a whole lot of support um, Mm -hmm. or don't really know what to do um, and don't know about their options either. They they feel pressure to choose one over the other um, as far as their options go. And so we do provide um, information on adoption um, and... Parenting and and things like that as as well.
0: Awesome. And so Ellen Ellen, for anybody watching or listening um, She she works with our student ministry. She's been uh, for our single young adults You've been on our leadership team there before uh, just do a lot with the church And uh, so it's awesome to have you on you know, we're excited because uh, we're preachers And so we come at everything of course with a biblical perspective, and I know you do that as well but you also are uh, working in this in this area uh, daily. Yeah. Um, so it's good to be able to get your expertise and your, and your knowledge. Um, and so as we kind of go into this topic, um, we, of course, want to remind people that um, our, our purpose in this is not to um, upset people, not to hurt people. Um, in fact, we want to offer grace to anyone uh, because Jesus offers grace to everyone. And so where there's been instances like you've talked about, you um, if someone has had an abortion and you all focus on a healing aspect and and of course we know that healing comes through Christ and so anyone listening to this our, our goal is to get a biblical perspective out there. It's not to hurt people. It's not to harm them. Uh, it's not to f- make them feel piled under a, a, a mountain of guilt. Um, that's just not our goal at all. Our goal is to get a biblical perspective out there. How should anyone who professes the name of Jesus as their Lord and Savior how should they feel about abortion? What's the perspective? And so we, we we laid that foundation last week when we talked about um, just the biblical understanding of um, of abortion, and now this week we're talking about a lot more difficult things, and so that's why I have so many people here is because I was like, well, I'm, I'm nowhere near smart enough to talk about this by myself, and so need a lot of people to talk about these exceptions, things like um, rape and and things like the mother's life is in danger and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you hear these, and really this idea for this podcast episode came from One of our SYA's, he specifically um, asked me about um, this question and um, and about abortions, and he he had a few follow-ons. And so you hear things about exceptions all the time, because, yeah, we hear that there's the biblical mandate, God cares about the life of the unborn, but what about instances of exceptions? And so that's kind of one thing I'm really uh, excited to hear you talk about, is just kind of give us shape the conversation for us. What what are maybe, are we looking at just a high percentage? What are we looking at for abortions that fall in these exception categories?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, so when we're talking about exceptions, um, the narrative is that, um, you know, that people only choose abortion for these certain cases, which would be um, incest, rape, and if the mother's life is in danger, um, so where she could die during childbirth or throughout her pregnancy and that kind of thing. Um, so I did, I did do some a little bit of research, and so I went to uh, Guttmacher Institute. They did a study, um, very reliable resource if you're if you're looking um, to find more statistics. But um, so this survey is on women who have had abortions and um this so this is a percentage of their reasons as for why they Mm -hmm. aborted Um, and so for rape that was one percent of responders and this is nationally um, they answered that this is a reason so not the main primary reason but a reason um and as far that number decreases for the most important um, mm-hmm. reason for them um, and so like i said that was one percent um, that it contributed um for because of rape mm-hmm. um, incest would be less than a half percent so 0.5 percent and as far as the mother. Mother's life being in danger. Um, really, today we we don't have um, like we we don't have that issue. It's extremely rare um, today. You know, way back in the old days, you know, women would die in childbirth all the time. You know, that was very common. Um, but now we have such an advanced medical. Um, doc system um, at hand and technology that is so advanced. And um, so it's really, really highly rare um, where um, that would happen.
0: So that's all, you know, really important for framing this discussion, because really, when we have this two episode series, we've got the first week where we set the biblical foundation and we're so quick oftentimes to leave the biblical foundation behind because of exceptions. And so it's important to hear that it's such a high percentage that have abortion for other reasons like um, like it was just more convenient or couldn't afford a baby at this time. And so really for most people, we can stay in that first episode, right? For most people, it could just be, well, here's the biblical reason. Yeah. that we don't believe in abortion because God um, forms life in the womb and, and has a plan from from conception in the womb um, for that child. Um, so really most people could stay there. But we do want to address these exceptions because um, you know part of what we hope to offer today is just a little reality because we don't want to act like everything is just easy and um, how could someone do this or that. Uh, we don't want to do that. We want to paint a real picture but still come to... A biblical response, and so that's I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you sharing uh, some of those statistics um, because I think they are important as we frame this discussion. So um, we do want to go then into some questions that um, really I've had. I mentioned the SYA, the single young adult, who um, talked to me about this a few weeks ago. Um, He he asked some of these questions, but then it formed a whole group discussion that brought these up, uh, several of these questions up. So I'm going to start off, and uh, Josh, uh, I think you're first on deck, sir. Um, the first question we want to talk about is choice. Does a woman not have a right to choose what is done to her body? So what do you got for us, sir?
2: <laughs> well, you know, before we start, you know, just to set the foundation, uh, before we did is, you know, we, we went through the last podcast episode talking about, you know, all the reasons why, you know, we – you know, we see the value of life, you know, in, in, this, in this infant, Jeremiah 1.5, um, Isaiah 49, verses 1 and 5. So, you know, that, that's our foundation, you know, and as you said before. Yeah. So when we look at the, as we look at a person's choice, like especially a woman's choice for her own body, of course, for her own body. But, but the fact is, that's not our foundation. Our foundation says that you're not just affecting your body. Because, it, you know, in, in a sense, it would be like, you know, we could s- declare a right for ourselves, but in the event that it crosses over, that it affects somebody else. For example, if I wanted to say that the right to, you know, if I want to say, oh, the, everybody's got the right to hit Obi across the head, you know, that sounds good, but Obi sitting like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that, that right is, is out because that affects you um, for us. You know that right is for that infant. You know when you say life starts, you know right at conception. You know at that at that part of America before I formed you in the womb. You know I mean that that's where it says so. You know we, we it's easy to declare, but we we look at that as life. You know that is a an infant. That is a child that God made, and so we have to consider as though it's not just you it's it's not right you it's right. it's the baby it, right. is, it is that child amen yeah bryson
0: you got anything to add to that sir no i would just uh so first off
1: if there's if i i'm having we're having some technical issues so uh if i glitch out i apologize but um no i would just echo kind of like what josh was saying where right like yeah the a woman you right god you know we we do have certain rights um uh, partially because we've been given them. Um, There are certain things that we do get to choose. um, But when it interferes with another human being's life, I think that's really where it starts to cross uh, a line right there. And, and, you know, Josh, you know, I think, I think, Josh, you just said it so well, um, right? This is a human life. We're not talking about, um, you know, something that's minor or something that's, um, you know, inconsequential. I mean, we are talking about the the removal of existence of this human being from this planet involuntarily um and not that you know the voluntary side right suicide that's a whole other conversation uh, is is okay either but i think you guys get where i'm where i'm going with this um that's this is really where it, it's less of a conversation about is it the woman's right to choose and is does this life have the ability to um you know just be born to, to exist, to happen. And I would say, biblically speaking, yes, it does. All right. We got Ellen.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. You guys have covered it very well. Um, but you, you, I mean, the argument can be made, you know, scientifically, you know, that baby has, like we were talking, you were talking about, you know, right at conception, I mean, if we're looking at fetal development, that baby has their own set of DNA, you know, that own unique makeup that no one else will ever have, you Mm -hmm. know, that. That thumbprint, you know, eye color, hair color, facial features. I mean, you're talking about all that DNA right at the point of conception, and that's mm. scientifically proven. Um, and then, in, in addition to that, I mean, her, that that baby may be within the mother, you know, attached in the mother, but that, that heartbeat is totally separate. Mm. They have their own nervous system. They have their own pain receptors, um, you know, and all of that. I mean, the, the list goes on. They're a separate, a separate being, a separate mm. person. Um, so their body is inside attached, but that's their own body. Mm-hmm. So.
0: so as we think of this um, and this isn't a political podcast at all, um, and I, I try to, I don't know about you all, when you preach, um, I, I think I could speak for you in this, is I try to never encroach upon politics. Um, the, the most important thing is whether or not people surrender to Jesus Christ as their Lord and mm-hmm. Savior. So I don't want anything else to be a stumbling block. You know, I have my own views about economics and things like that, but if everybody had the wrong economy, if everybody had the, the bad ideas there, but they accepted Christ, well, I can live with that, right? I mean, so, so I try never to never do that, the one time where I will ever talk anything that has become political is the right to life. And, um, and when we talk about does a woman not have a right to choose what is done to her body, um, it enters that rights realm. It enters that political realm. And so I would just, when we start to think about rights, and anyone who would evoke the word right, when you want to start to think about what that is, and even from the foundation of our country, I just copied a little part of the Declaration of Independence. If we want to talk really about rights and where they come from, it says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So where, do those, where does this life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, where do the, the um, we, we talk about the Bill of Rights, where do those things come from? Well, from the foundation of our country, we've recognized that they come from a creator. And so ultimately, whose opinion matters in all of this, it's the creator's. And so if we cannot protect life, then we have no rights. There's no rights if you don't have life. There's only rights because there is life. And so as a Christian wanting to protect the most vulnerable among us, their life, the life to the most defenseless among us, But then I I want to take it a step further for Christian women. And this is one that, I don't know, may get me in trouble. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk about authority. I want to talk about authority for a second. Because when we would say you have the right to do whatever you want to your own body, but but there's another body inside you. There's another being inside you. I'll actually say this. We actually don't have, as a Christian, now I can't, I'm not going to say anything to non-Christians because if you don't profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then that's what you need to do. But once you're a Christian, then it means making God Lord of your life. That means master of your life. So 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 through 20 says this, Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. Let me tell you, God has authority over our bodies. I can't just do anything I want with my body. And let me tell you this, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is all about sexual immorality. It's a, it's a passage on sexuality. And he says, your body's not yours. So I'm going to take it a step further for believers out there, when we're trying to get a biblical precedent for this, a biblical uh, understanding of abortion, of life, of rights, of of what I can do with my body. Your body is not your own. This commands you to glorify God with your body. And so that one's specifically to Christians and how we should feel that I can't just do anything with my body. Now, of course, there's always the offer of forgiveness. That's not an excuse to go out and do whatever you want, but it is to say if you have messed up, if you've done something wrong, because it is about sexual immorality. So. Um, someone who looks at pornography or sleeps around or commits adultery or whatever you want to say or has an abortion, God is still waiting for forgiveness, to offer forgiveness for those sins.
3: Amen.
0: But if he's your Lord, then what he says matters. Uh, and he has a lot to say about this type of thing. All right. So anything to add on that one? All right, Bryce, I'm going to go to you next. So uh, as if that one wasn't sensitive enough, uh, when I sent these notes out to you, I labeled this one sensitive. <laughs> um, so what about instances when the mother's life is in danger or maybe instances of rape? So these are the real exception cases. Does Do those types of things not excuse abortion? So let's hear what you got. Yeah, well, thank you for giving me the uh,
1: the sensitive question first. I appreciate you are that. not here to um, defend
0: yourself, so you always draw the hardest <laughs>
1: question. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I'll kind of just get the conversation started on this. So I guess I would say that in the instance of rape, um, you know, Ellen, to your point, uh, you know, that study one percent, one percent is a reason, not the reason, a reason, um, for it. And you know, the this, it gets it gets a little murky, and I can't go fully into it. But I heard a testimony uh, from a worship artist one time, and uh, his mom was thirteen years old, and she was raped as a thirteen year old girl, and got pregnant. And you know, they the doctor, you know, of course, gave abortion as an option, and they said, you know, no, they were they were believers, and. Um, that, you know, and, and, this is their story. So that no matter how the life came to be right through, um, through sin or, you know, consensual or whatever like that, um, that it was still a life. And, and as a result, right, he's, he, he goes around and he leads people in worship. Um, he, he presents the gospel. He shares his testimony. Um, and you know, one of the things he always said, what I thought was really powerful was he's like, I'm so thankful uh, that my mom and my grandma chose life because otherwise I, I wouldn't be here. Um so to hear 1%, um, you know, it, it's horrific. We live in a sin-filled world. Um, these things happen and we're not excusing that. We're not we're not saying that um if a woman is raped that somehow, you know, it was her fault. We're not saying that somehow there's like that there's no consequences to that. We're not saying those things. But we're saying I would say at least I say we, but I'm saying that that, that is a life. Um that is a human life. Now on the other side of that, like this, I'm gonna kind of talk more about like so I'm I don't have kids yet, like, but you know, if my wife and I, you know, if she gets pregnant and the doctor comes and I'm saying if because I know someone's gonna watch this and go, Oh, Bryson and Sarah. Hey, you know? congratulations, oh, you know? guys. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so, much. so happy to but, hear that. You know, if <laughs> but if the doctor came to me and said, Hey, it's it's your wife or your 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 child, um, that's such a hard dilemma because the Bible doesn't say that you become one with your your child. It becomes it says you become one with your, your spouse, your wife. But on the other side, as the parent of this unborn child, do I not have the the responsibility to care and protect and 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 you know to take care of them where they are helpless and can't take care of themselves? And so I would say in this, yes, again, back to Ellen's point, the statistics on this are so, so low. Um, But if if you were to I don't envy people who find themselves in that situation either. But I would say um, seek other um, other avenues. Abortion is very, very rarely medically necessary. There are probably other medical options. Get multiple opinions. Um, you know, t- you know, talk about it um, with your spouse, but also pray for a miracle. We believe that, like, like, if God can, is the creator of life, He's the sustainer of life, um, right? He, He can save that that unborn child. He can save um, that woman uh, in that situation. We believe in in miracles, and um, that's not to say that God always, you know, answers those, but but He can, and we know that. So I just say that to say that there are more than abortion isn't the only option i think sometimes we're made to feel that if a woman is you know her life is in danger that abortion
0: is the only way to go All right and so bryson kind of touched on a little bit too that um as we kind of talked about this that um kind of approaching it from a very realistic point of view because he at mm-hmm. first mentioned the difficulty that he would have because you love your wife you don't yeah. know this child yet um so so anyway what do you got for us ellen
3: Oh, I mean, I I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I was going to say, you know, as far as like you already acknowledged, like the the numbers are are significantly low as far as the percentage, like you said, for rape is is Mm -hmm. one percent. As you know, and um, we don't wish that upon upon anybody. It's very, Mm -hmm. very violent. I think everyone can agree that rape is a very, very violent act. Um, and something mm-hmm. that people don't realize is that abortion is also it can also be very violent, mm. um, especially if wow. you're looking at yeah. late term abortions, um, dismemberment um, abortions, you know, and those kind of cases. I mean, so what you're doing is you're you're compounding, compounding. that issue mm. and you're perpetuating that violence. Oh. Um, and Wildly so um, that's just on on that two cents on as far as rape goes. Yeah. Um, but when, when you are talking about the woman's life and just um her life being in danger I mean if people have like what if a mom has health issues you know where she um maybe she can't carry the baby full term um or maybe um you know whatever it is that she that she's going through um that her body just can't take it um that you know people probably don't realize too that babies can survive I mean I mean Really, almost like 22 weeks outside the womb, they could wow. give birth early, and um, that baby can be kept alive. Um, I mean, with help, with of course medical right. um, help yeah. and all of that. Um, but with that help, so I mean, if that's the the health issue with the mom, you know, they they have that option, you know, to to yeah. save both lives. So,
2: yeah, Josh. <laughs> You know, my mine's going to be way more simpler because you know, as as you said before, i we're, we're the preacher guys. You know, so we look at it through scripture. But the fact of the matter is, when we look at the word ex- excuse, um, then the Bible say we are without excuse. Mm. You know, mm. we we we've identified that we feel that, um, you know, like we said in the past episode, we feel that why abortion is a sin, when it is Romans two one, you know, goes on to the evidence to say why we are without. Excuse, because we, you know, we we know when we see it, you know. So that's where our stand is going to be, you know. And it'd be easy, you know, and just a simple act of, you know, for our stand if we view it as wrong, you know. And it's just to kind of echo what everybody has said, but you know, to know that that the you know, it's a rape is such a tragic event. It's a very violent, you know, event as you said, but in the act, you know. It's not the essence of looking at two wrongs. Don't make a mm-hmm. don't make a right. All right. You know, out mm-hmm. of this, so it compounds it. So,
0: so in the instance of rape, um, and I think Ellen has said it well that um, you're just compounding the issue, uh, mm-hmm. one violent act upon another. Because, um, I mean, obviously, we, we, you've all said it, and of course, I echo it that um, you know, rape is a heinous crime. Um, up until that point, a rape victim though is sinless, mm-hmm. right? The, and not in all life, but I mean in that instance, that it is n- of no fault of their own. The moment they commit abortion, then they've become mm-hmm. the aggressor. They've become the one who is mm-hmm. um, acting violently toward someone, not something, someone, mm-hmm. another human. Um, and so, so for rape, I, I don't have a lot of difficulty saying that one. Mm-hmm. And especially when we hear it's 1% of the time, it's a consideration. It's not mm-hmm. the only consideration, but it's it's part of the thinking 1% of the time. So talking about a rare exception, but even then, um, life is still life. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So then the the other one about a, a mother's life being in danger. And so this is the, the question um, that I was actually kind of asked when um, this came up. And uh, or it, it came up in the discussion with our single young adults, and as I started to think about this, because it's a, it is a difficult one, as Bryson has admitted, um, it, it's a hard one, man. You love your your spouse, and you don't know this child yet, um, but as we still think about the intrinsic worth of life, and and as we think of, uh, and I mentioned as we were talking about this beforehand, um, Dennis Prager, who's had that um, scenario out there. If you If you saw your dog drowning and you saw a stranger drowning, who would you save? And most people would would at least feel internally inclined to save their dog because they don't know the stranger. They care for their dog. They don't care for the stranger. But, of course, intrinsic worth, endowed by our Creator, Mm -hmm. says you save the human. The human, I'm not ashamed to say, the human has more worth. Dogs, animals have worth, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, Scripture says that a wise man cares even for his animals, right? So animals have worth. I'm not saying that. But humanity is the Mm -hmm. crown of creation. Mm -hmm. There is great Mm -hmm. um, intrinsic worth in the life of a human. So as we think of saving a child as opposed to saving the mother, well, first of all, we've heard that, um, you know, that's a a very, very, very rare instance Mm -hmm. nowadays because of medical developments and the ability to take the baby from the womb earlier, things like that. But even if it weren't, what if, it weren't, what if it weren't possible for us to save both, you can, but you could save one? If I were, I, I pose the scenario, what if I'm out in the, the road with my youngest child and he stumbles and falls and then a, a car is coming and I can only have time to save me or the child? Now, if I step out of the way and let my child get hit, I would hope everybody would have an opinion about that, right? What kind of father would I be to just step aside and say, go ahead, child, die, and and I'm going to save my life, and that's not to, that's not to make light of the situation. It is to say, no, I, I'm I'm called to protect my child that much, mm-hmm. even if it means sacrificing my life. And so I think of John 15:13, which is the great example that we as Christians have. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Let me tell you, if you believe a baby in the womb is your child, then it doesn't matter if you've had attachment to it yet or not. That is your child. That is a life. That is a human life. And it is one that God has gifted you with. And so especially knowing that, man, most of the time they can separate the baby from the womb early. Mm-hmm. That the baby is going to be fine. And in most of those instances, then, man, I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah. I'm going to do all I can to try to save the life of that child. Mm-hmm. Anything to add on that one before we go to the last question? All right, so... Last question. You all elected me to answer this one first. Um, So here's the question. I'll just read it for our our viewers and listeners. Um, Is there really any difference between end-of-life decisions, something like pulling the plug on someone who is about to die, terminally ill, um, why are we okay with some life dying and not others? So this is this is another question that was posed um, when I was having that uh, single young adult discussion. This was after Bible study. They ask all sorts of good questions. Uh, you got to come ready, ready to give some uh, real answers when you go to SYA night. But but so asking this question: Is there really a difference between those end of life decisions and abortion? How come it's okay? to say, okay, someone's at the end of their life, maybe they're they're 80 years old and they have a terminal sickness and, and we vote to, we as their family say, okay, you can go ahead and pull the plug, allow them to die. That's one instance as opposed to, okay, if that's okay, then how come it's not okay to do a similar type of thing and say, well, we want to end the life of this baby. Why can we kill in one instance essentially and not mm-hmm. in the other? And so the, the difference in my estimation and my understanding is of course that in the one instance with the end of life, we're not actually killing them. We've been artificially keeping them alive, right? If, when you're talking about a pull the plug type scenario, the natural process for that individual, that human, and we want to we cherish life at all stages from, from conception all the way till God calls someone home. Right. And so in that instance, especially I, I think of instances of pain and stuff, and that, that'd be a, a scenario that people would um, rightly point out is, well, they're in pain and, and we're just keeping them alive. Then should we just pull the plug? The natural process for that person is to pass. And sometimes um, they're, they get help passing and things like that. And those are conversations definitely worth having. But the natural mm-hmm. process for a person at the end of their life is to pass. The natural process for a child in the womb is to grow up and have life and have time and have and have years ahead of them and and to have a God purpose that God had. Uh, he says that before you're in a womb, I knew you. I knew the plans I have for you. God knows those things, and so the natural process That's for true. that baby in the womb is to have a life that God had planned for them. And so there is a difference between. Allowing a person at the end of life to die and causing a person at the beginning of life to die, there is a, a big distinct distinction, because the Bible tells me, "Thou shalt not kill." Right? That, that's a mm. that's a humongous distinction. So I don't remember who we said gets to go next. Who who gets to take this one up? Bryson, you want to go?
1: Yeah, I can go. Um, so just to kind of echo, right there, I think you you hit it, man. There is a difference between medically postponing death. And between medically terminating life, I think there's a huge difference between the two. Um, you know, if 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 someone's at the end of their life, something happened, and you know you're medically sustaining them, um, but if you were to quit the medical intervention, right, they're they're probably going to pass away. Um, you know, compared to an abortion, which is the early termination of what was supposed to be life. And you know, I was thinking about this when you were you were talking. You know. I love how you said that we we value life at all stages right from I think the phrase I've always heard is from womb to tomb right from from the beginning to the end um but you know I think about even just like some some of my great grandparents like at their funerals like right like they were in their 80s and 90s and um you know one of the things that people always said always say at funerals like that is they lived a, a good full, life right like they they did all the things you know they they had a great family all this kind of stuff um but when a baby right is because we kind of talked about this last week most and ellen you've you've really hit on this too most abortions are done out because the baby's just not wanted um, but when a baby is wanted and there's, you know, a stillbirth or um, a miscarriage, right? It 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 it's something that inside of you that just grieves because there that opportunity for life just never happened. Um and so I I, I, I do I completely just agree with everything you were saying, Obi. There's a um I, I get I could see though how Christians could wrestle with that and even non Christians could look at that and go, Well, what's the difference? And I would say like Again, there's a difference between postponing death
0: and a difference between terminating life. Yeah. And so just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying there, um, I've, I've heard this. Uh, my wife and I have never had a mi- gone through a miscarriage, but I know lots of couples who have. And that's one of the things they talk about is that you've had a robbed future, that mm-hmm. you had a child and you had this future plan. And so it's a similar thing, except for, of course, we say that from our perspective, we wanted to see that future. But that was a human's future. Right? That, that baby right. is a human who had a future, uh, ordained by God to have a future, and uh, we took it. So, Ellen, anything to add to on this?
3: Yeah, I mean, um, just kind of saying kind of what you were talking about, about being wanted and unwanted, um, the top reasons that were given were um, that it's not the right time for somebody. It's interfering with mm. their personal life. Um, it says having a baby would be dramatic dramatic change in their life. Mm. Um, That was the top, the top reason. Mm. Um, The other one that was right under it was they can't afford the babies. So which would be financial means and stuff like that. So um, anyway, so it wasn't having to do, you know, with um, the the ones that are exceptions, so to speak. Um, But yeah, also, you know, abortion is interfering with the natural function of your body. So, um, naturally Mm. your body wants to, you know, hold everything in and be, um, protecting that little baby. Um, but this is interfering with that Mm. and, you know, breaking down the lining of, you know, your uterus and things like that and, um, you know, opening everything up. And so really it's just, um, you know, it's inflicting, it's interfering with, natural process is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, a long way around that, but um, whereas the, the death, the natural death, it's like a machine is the only thing hold, keeping them alive, so you remove that, they're able to naturally just go through that that process, whereas abortion is, mm-hmm. is the opposite. That's a good phrase,
0: the natural process, because in one, we're stopping the natural process, and the other, we're allowing the natural process, Correct. and so it's a good distinction there. Josh, what you got yeah. for us?
2: You know, as it, was, as it was being posed, you know, I couldn't help but think of, you know, I think about the life of the saint, right, the, the believer. You know, what I have here, this is, I just, <laughs> what's going through my brain is I just recently spoke in um, uh, student ministry while Bryson's living the, the quarantine life. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things we talked about, you know, is the bold faith, of the believer, and we talked about the life of Abraham, you know, and he was talking about how I was on his journey. One of the point phrases that I used was like, you know, we go from tent life to eternal life. Mm. You know, the stuff in this life is, it's, it's tent life. But for the believer, you know, we, we have our eyes set on things eternal. There's a promised land. Mm. You know, so when I think through my, you know, this is evident, you know, my, my grandparents, they're 85. I've never lost a grandparent. I've not, you know, had to deal with the loss of a grandparent yet, but... Uh, you know, when I think through it, in their, in their mid 80s, and I go through, you know, there, there's a longing from them to be home. Mm. I mean, they are they're here. Mm. I I know where their heart lies. I never question it. Um, but even those that are younger, you know, even as a natural thing for a believer to know, like this is not our home. You know, this is this is we living in tents. <laughs> you know, there's there's no foundation. We're living. We're ready to go home. And you know, to think through where, you know, Katie and I have went through two, you know, an early, and then we had a, a very late term, stillborn, um, you know, for us. And so when you think about Titus and, you know, there was just a big blank. You know, the only thing we have now is a, a tombstone um mm-hmm. you know, for him. But, you know, and it is it's a rip because it's this was not the natural process. This is yeah. this is sin. <laughs> This was not how we were created to be. Mm-hmm. Sin entered the world and it comes to destroy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the, the process of when we remove life. So death is not the end all for the believer. You know, when we think through about when I think of if I'm, if it come to the choice with my grandparents or anybody, if that person is longing to be home, you know, they, there's a, a process with that. And if God allows something to happen in that moment, then so be it. That's for him, and that is for his glory and his stuff alone. Um, but to know but that life, I mean, there's a sense, it's like it just feels like a page was ripped out of your life story. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. it hurts. You know, it's a rip. So Yeah. Well, I wanted to give our um
0: our viewers and listeners just kind of one final thought to think of as because we're we're trying to frame this conversation in a way that's helpful to you. So we had episode one that Was all about laying the biblical foundations for um, a view, a worldview of abortion from the Bible. But then this one's talking about the exceptions, and we've heard Ellen talk about how rare the exceptions actually are. Uh, But then we still kind of get to the point, but even in those instances, Scripture has something for us. So I wanted to leave people with this one last thought. Circumstances don't change principles, it's when they're needed. Right? I don't have principles just for those easy times. We have principles for when it's hard. And if we be- believe that God is the giver of life and, quite honestly, the taker of life, mm-hmm. if we believe that is His role and th- life is a gift from Him, then that's a principle we need to rest on. Circumstances don't change that principle. Mm-hmm. Difficult circumstances are when those principles are needed. And so that's what I going to leave our, our listeners, viewers, uh, with. Well, appreciate y'all tuning in. I appreciate Ellen. Thank y'all. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having uh, me. Man, it's awesome to have you. Appreciate you did all the research, <laughs> so we didn't have to. Wasn't that wonderful? Um, <laughs> that was pr- awesome. Bryson, good idea. We need to think of that in the future. Anytime we have a difficult topic, bring someone smarter than us. That that will yeah, do the absolutely. research for us. It. So, uh, Ellen, we appreciate <laughs> coming on. Josh, good to have you as always. Bryson, Lord willing. Next week, you come back to work. It has been so ready for it's it. It's been a wonderful has it been two years. Is that how long? I can't. It, yeah about two years. Seems like two years that you've been in quarantine, (laughs) something like Maybe we're embellishing a little bit. Uh, Hyperbole is okay. Just a little bit. Um, But anyway, well, thanks everybody for listening, watching. Don't forget to subscribe, share this with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And if you are in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, then we'd love for you to come visit our church. We've got two worship services. We've got all sorts of small groups. You can find everything out about our church online at fbcofallon.org. That is fbcofallon.org. And we will see you next time.